Welcome to the Provoke and Inspire podcast. Uh, This is a little bit of a different situation. We're here at the end of the year. All of the holiday shenanigans are passing us by, but unfortunately, we're still feeling the effects. That that sounds kind of negative. I I, I like the holiday season. I truly do. But David is traveling. Chad is who who knows where. I don't even know if they celebrate anything in Poland. Uh, But either way, uh, we were unable to come together as a podcast uh, this week. So we have something for you that I think is very worth listening to. Uh, David gave a uh, talk at a church here in the Twin Cities called Grace Church. uh, And the talk is titled, We Are Only Visiting This Planet. So for this podcast, we're going to play that message that he gave, and I really do think it's worth listening to. Um, But we are really excited for 2019. We are more enthusiastic and passionate about this podcast than ever, and we are uh, excited to bring you relevant and powerful content uh, as it relates to following Jesus in secular culture today. So for everyone who supported us in 2018, we are incredibly grateful. We are excited about the future uh, and hope that you'll continue to listen, that you'll help spread the word if you have not rated or review the podcast on iTunes. We'd really appreciate uh, if you would do that for us. But otherwise, uh, we hope you enjoy this podcast, and we look forward to being with you around the global campfire in 2019. Peace. It's such a, an honor to speak at this uh, church, and uh, Dave is such an authentic guy, really has a love for the loss, so I'm very grateful to be here. And you guys have been such support to us, to our family. Uh, and like Dave said, I played in anarchy festivals, and so that has prepared me to speak at Grace. <laughs> uh, and uh, and <clears throat> my son Aaron said that I needed to talk about what we're doing here. <laughs> so first of all, let me just say that, that we are reaching what we call the global youth culture uh, I don't know if you noticed, but, but the world has become more and more secular. And urban cities around the world, people are watching the same movies, playing the same video games, listening to the same music. And they, they have this thing in common where they think that, that uh, God is, is irrelevant to their lives. If, if he exists, many of them are now atheists. And uh, they, are, they are hungry for the truth. And we have a passion to reach them. And so if you want to know more about how to reach this group that is a growing segment in, in our country here in the U.S., you need to come to the Jesus and the secular world classes that are here at Grace. And so if you re- really are, are touched by how can we reach this, this increasing secular uh, segment of our society, you need to come to Jesus and the secular world. Also, I have a podcast, not just me, but some others from our uh, from Steiger, and so if you want to know, if you should you check should check out our podcast. I also have a couple of my books here. This one talks about how the ministry started, Rock Priest. In the first chapter, I'm playing in Russia, and these people are spitting all over me. And when people spit on you, you try to sing with your mouth closed. And this book is called Ten Principles That Will Empower Christian Artists to Change the World. But it's not just for Christian artists. It's for, I think people want to have a radical faith. So, I, so if you would like to check this book out, I, I think it would be good to do. Um, it's hard for me to preach this message twice, so I need to pray and ask that God will help me to do it. Okay, so, Lord, what, a, what an amazing privilege it is to be here. Help me, Lord. I need your help. I, don't, I can't do this without you. 
And, and uh, I ask that we could all have a fresh encounter with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So in September, I was with Jody and, and others from our team. We were in Turkey in a, in a town that had no church, and we don't know if there's any believers there at all. And we were there with my band, and so we went to a main part of the, square, of the city, to this big square, and we started unloading our equipment to set up for our concert. Now, this was a crazy idea because, because of the attempted coup that there was last summer in Turkey. Turkey is now under a state of emergency. And because Turkey is under a state of emergency, it's not allowed to do anything, any public activities in the country. But we thought, we have to do this. So, without permission, we went to do our illegal tour. And so we started unloading our equipment. And then to make it even crazier, we did it by a police station. So there's this police station. And then the police come and they go, what are you doing? And we said, well, we're an international band and we're going to do a concert here. And they said, really, can we have our picture taken with you? <laughs> so we're having our picture taken with these police and we're setting up. And then in our concert, it's not just music. But we show a very modern-day depiction of how Jesus died, how he rose from the dead. We were not being sensitive to the culture. <laughs> You're not supposed to do this. And then to make matters worse, I started to preach. And I said, only Jesus came back to life. Only Jesus rose from the dead. He's not just another prophet or teacher. He's the one who can break the chains in our lives. He's the one who can set us free. He's a good father, and he wants to have a relationship with us, and he made it possible for that to happen. I was not being sensitive to the people there. Um, and then I said, if you want to know Jesus, raise your hand. And this is like crazy. State of emergency illegal street show in a Muslim town. If you want to know Jesus, raise your hand. And pretty much everyone raised their hand, including one policeman. And then he came up and he said, can I, thank you. And so then he came up and he said, can I have five DVDs to give to my other policeman friends? And we said, sure. But then a government police guy came, an undercover guy. And so he's really angry, and he's yelling at us, what are you doing? You can't do this. You don't have permission. So he's shouting at us. And then this other man from the crowd got in, and he's saying, this is a Muslim country. You can't be doing this. And he's trying to incite the crowd against us, but they didn't care. They liked us. And then we started packing up our equipment, and we we're, we we're getting ready to go, and we get a call, and, and they said, Listen, the, the undercover police guy is looking for you. You need to get out of here. So we're driving around in all these back streets and everything so, they won't, so the police won't find us. And then we got on, a, on the main motorway into Istanbul. Yes! <laughs> this, this is how you should live. <laughs> this is how you should live. Jesus said in John 18, 36... My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus said in Luke 9, 58, that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. So Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And then he said, I don't even have a place to sleep. 
Then Jesus tells us that if we give our lives to him, we no longer belong to this world. He said we are foreigners. We are only visiting this planet. In John 15, 19, Jesus said, the world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. But you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world. You are not a citizen. You're a foreigner. Every follower of Jesus is called to come out of the world. Why? Because we are part of something so immense, so amazing. We are part of something eternal, something so huge that nothing in this world has anything to offer us. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, where thieves break it and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then in verse 24, Jesus says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You see, if I'm a citizen, you know, if this is, this is it, then it makes sense to live for earthly stuff, right? I mean, this is it. And so if I'm a citizen, it, you should do that. And, and so you look to the world for fulfillment. And, you know, even if, if this was it, it's, it's stupid because it's not going to last and it's not fulfilling, I mean, I love, there's nothing I love more than going out to a nice, nice cafe or restaurant with, with Jody, my, my wife, and, and like I, I said in the, oh, maybe I won't, oh, I'm going to say it, I don't care. So in the first, in the first, uh, first meeting I said, and it's a good thing that, that no, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I love going out to eat, but you know how it is, if you go out to eat all the time, it gets kind of boring. You know, like one meal, if you, if you can go out to nice restaurants a lot, and because I travel a lot, people will take me out sometimes to nice restaurants. And it gets, it, it, after a while, it, it gets kind of boring. So then, so then you think, okay, I know, I need to go on a nice holiday somewhere. That's what I need to do. But then, after a while, one beach looks like another beach. So then you think, I'm going to build that dream house. Oh, yes. When I build that dream house, then, then I will be so happy. And so then you build that big house, and it gets boring, and then you have to go on another holiday. And then it all looks and it tastes the same. It does. You know, and, and it's not even meaningful. That's why I promise you this. I promise you this. When you're lying on your deathbed, you know, and you're not going to be going, wow, wasn't it great when I got to go on all those holidays and, and have all those drinks with them umbrellas in them. You're not going to be thinking like that because you're not made for this. You know, there's a reason why the world has to numb itself on party pills, sex, drugs, and alcohol. Because this world has nothing to offer that satisfies. 
All it does is it causes more and more emptiness, more and more loneliness. You know, and here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus, I'm immortal. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. I am immortal. Now, to be honest with you, I wasn't that into dying. But I was not that excited about eternal life either. And let me tell you why. It's because this is how it was was explained to me. I'd be in church, you know, and they'd be singing some worship. And sometimes the worship was good and sometimes not, but whatever. They'd be playing some worship. And then the pastor would get up and go, you better get used to this because this is what heaven will be like. And so I thought to myself, heaven is an endless church service. It sounds more like hell. As broken, and the world is pretty broken, you know, but as broken as this world has become, there are still things on this earth that take your breath away. I mean, I I can remember one time I went with Jody and and my sons and their wives, we went to, to Las Vegas, and we went to the MGM Grand, and we watched a Cirque du Soleil production called Ka. And we're in there watching this, and it was breathtaking. Honestly, I, I, was, I was emotional when I was watching it. It was so beautiful. You know, and a lot of what we do is in Europe, and so sometimes, like, you go to these amazing cities like Krakow and Poland and these European cities that are so beautiful, on just these cobblestone streets and beautiful castles and cafes, and it's just like you can't believe it. Or if, you're, if, you, if you go to Switzerland, like to, to Grindelwald, to the Jungfrau. Frau, you know, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how, what kind of mood you're in. If you go to the Swiss Alps, you become happy. It's true. If you're able to go to New Zealand and just see the, the unbelievable, breathtaking beauty there, the deserts, you know, outside of Phoenix here, you know, in, in, if you're like on Lake Minnetonka on some one of these beautiful days, you're walking Carver Park, you know, especially when the leaves are like this, there is such unbelievable, unbelievable beauty left, even in this broken world. And then, then there's, this, there's this emotional beauty you know, such emotional beauty, like the love I feel for my wife, it's like painful. It's like it, it hurts. You know, this, the, the love I feel for my sons, you know, for Courtney and Jennifer and my four grandkids, or the, it's, it's painful, it hurts. And then the love I feel for my extended family and for my family, you know, the family that God has given me all over the world. And then there's times when I feel God's love. When I get a revelation of God's love, and when I've gotten revelations of this, like sometimes I can't, I just fall on my face because it's so powerful. His love is so strong. In all of this, all of this beauty that still remains in this broken world is only a shadow of what's to come. It's just a spark. It's like a speck of dust compared to what God has prepared for us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 12, Paul says, Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. 
But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. And on top of all of this, God is going to give me a good body. Yes, it's true. I always hate talking to Dave. He's talking about all these great athletes. Oh, this guy, he's all American. This guy, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but you just wait. God's given me a good body. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself. Think about it. Think about it. God himself. God himself is making a, a new body for me. And if that wasn't enough, Jesus, the one who holds the universe together with his power, the universe, he holds everything that was made was made by him. Jesus himself is making me a house. And this is not going to be a cheap house. John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, what I've not told you, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and welcome you into my presence so that you may be where I am. My home is a place where there's no senseless violence, where there's no disease, where there's no cancer, where there's no broken hearts, where there's no loneliness, where there's no fear, where there's no suffering, where there's no war. My home is a place where the ultimate life force sent his son Jesus to rescue me. And he is preparing a place for me because I am not a, I am not a citizen of this earth. I am only visiting this planet. So the question then is this, if this is all true, and it is, if this is all true, why do I sell my soul for something that will eventually be rotten and filled with rats? One of the guys that works with us, he's from, he's from Switzerland, Lucas. He was praying. Should I be a youth pastor in Switzerland? Or should I move with my family to Beirut? Into a dangerous Muslim neighborhood with my young family, with my babies, my wife and my two babies. What should I do? Youth pastor in Switzerland, Beirut. And he thought, man, I am not a citizen of Switzerland. I come from somewhere else. I'm not going to waste my life. I mean, okay, if you're called to be a, a youth pastor in Switzerland, I apologize. <laughs> I'm going to Beirut. So he goes to Beirut. He's calling me up. Man, it's so hard. We're praying. Gets up at, he has to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning because of his young family. He's crying out to God, God, how are we going to reach these, this, these people that are, you know, it's such a tough place. 
he says to me, I think I need to get up at four in the morning and pray. And I'm going, Lucas, you need to sleep sometime. And he's, he's like, no, I want to get up early. I need to see a breakthrough. He's getting up at four, crying out to Jesus. And now God has given him some amazing, unbelievable opportunities in Beirut. And I believe it's, he's going to be a, a reference in that part of the world, reaching the globalized Middle Eastern youth. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this with absolute certainty. He is not, I don't know how much time God's going to give him on this planet, but I promise you this, he's not going to look back and go, man, did I blow it. I wish I would have been a youth pastor in Switzerland. We are foreigners. We're not citizens. So why do we save ourselves? I mean, I don't get it. When you're young... When you're young, you should sleep in your car. <laughs> you should go to the hard places. God, send me. This isn't my home, so what do you want me to do? Tell me where you want me to go. And then if, you know, if you're called to have a family and you have kids, then you probably need a, you know, a house and beds for them. and You want some stability for your kids and all that. But I can tell you this, the reason that my sons are passionate followers of Jesus today is because they grew up in a home where they knew that this wasn't the point, that they were, they were called to a mission. But then, it's, well, the thing that's even harder for me to understand, and I, this, I want those of you who are in the chapel to really hear what I'm saying, and some of you here too as well, why is it that when you're old you get more conservative? That doesn't make any sense. I think you, you, should, you should volunteer for the most dangerous jobs. You know, send me to Iraq. When you're old, go to Iraq, go to Liberia. You don't have much time anyway. Why, why do you want to die in the golf course? You know, you're out golfing. Oh, you know, you know this, yeah, I go golfing every day, and then I go back to my boat, and wow, isn't that cool? And then one year, a day, you're out golfing, and you, you start convulsing, and you die. And it's like, wow, that's really great. They could put that on your grave. How about, I went to Iraq, and I gave my life for Jesus. For you, those of you who are doctors here, retired, I went to these, these desperate places, and I, gave, I joined Doctors Without Borders, and I talked about Jesus. Why not do that instead? Now, not all of us are gift. Physical health is a gift. I don't know how long God is going to give me the energy to do what I do, it's a gift, but let's say you don't have the physical energy to go to Iraq. So then what you do is you send other people to Iraq. You make as much money as you can and you send people. You make as, you know, you go, God help me to make a lot of money, not so I can give my little 10% and feel not guilty about my lifestyle, but you live a very moderate lifestyle and you give and you send. This church should have so much money that, that anyone who should go should be able to go. It should be like that Dave should have money in his, in his office piled to the ceiling. <laughs> and then, let's say, okay, I don't have any money and my health isn't so good. It doesn't matter. You put a wall, you put, a, you put a, uh, the world, a map of the world on your wall and you start interceding. You start praying for those who are going. You get to know their names. You pray for their kids. You pray, Lord, 
Don't let there be any divorces in our, in our missions, in our, in our church. Lord, be with our children. Lord, we got to see a breakthrough. You start crying out to God. God has a radical plan for every man and woman here until you take your last breath. We're not citizens. So let's endure hardship. It's it's boring being comfortable all the time anyway. Don't rob yourself. This isn't your home. You're a visitor. Every year, I spend many months in crowded vans, driving thousands of kilometers, sometimes little sleep, Sometimes afraid, sometimes lonely, exhausted. But I, okay, I am now 63. I will be 64. And I have never been so alive. I have never been so fulfilled. I have never been so grateful. I, I feel guilty about how blessed I am, how blessed my family is, my kids. Man, it's not worth it being a, I don't want to be a citizen of this earth. I'm not a citizen. Jesus commands us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. You need a special, special revelation to stay, not to go. Especially When you come from a rich place like this. Now, my son Aaron will say, yeah, but dad, we need people who work and have jobs. (laughs) Yes, I love them, especially if they support us. But if God is calling, and I know there are some really unbelievably uh, gifted entrepreneurs here business people. I know that. I mean, this church is full of people like that. And, you know, God is, maybe he's called you to, to, to make a lot of money and be successful in business, but he's calling, you're calling his radical son. It's just so you can send other people, so you can help. It's not so you can just you can keep increasing the junk that you're going to buy that you can't even have time to see. He's, he wants you to use it for his kingdom. That's cool. That's, that you're not going to have any regrets if you do that. And you need to be radical in reaching your, your people at work. And you need to be radical in reaching your neighbors. Everyone is called to a mission. As a follower of Jesus, we have an unshakable kingdom. Unshakable. And I, as the world gets more messed up, I go, my kingdom is unshakable. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving an unshakable kingdom, let us be filled with gratitude and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Don't play it safe. Don't play it safe. Your time on this planet is very short. You're not a you're not a citizen. You're a foreigner. It's not a sacrifice to not give everything to Jesus. It's the opposite. 
you know, I don't want to give my life to something that's going to be, that's going to be, like Jesus said, it's going to, it's going to be destroyed and filled with rats. <sighs> this church has done great things for sure, but it's not at nothing compared to what it should do. He wants to do so much more. And if you feel like the Holy Spirit is challenging you this morning, I want you to respond with me. If you're watching, you need to respond too. But I want you to say, if you feel like, don't feel manipulated, but you feel like, man, I got to respond. I'm going to pray. And I want you to, if you feel like this message was for you, God, I've been too much like a citizen and I want to see myself the way it really is. And I don't know what that means in my life, what you want me to do, but I want to see myself as a foreigner. Whatever that means, touch me, Lord. Give me a revelation of this. If that's you, stand up, and I want to pray that God will burn something in our hearts this morning. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Lord, here we are, your children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you, we are not citizens of this earth. This is not our, our future. And because of that, we can live with reckless abandon while we are here. Lord, this needs to be a rough, we need a revelation of this because the words don't help. But I pray for those here, all of us, those who are watching, those who are listening, Lord, show us what this means. Lord, you say there's a great harvest and there are a few workers. Well, look around, Lord. Send us into your harvest. Whether it's here in the Twin Cities, or somewhere else, but send us. Let us make you happy, Jesus, with the time you've given us to be here, Lord. Let us accomplish those good works that you created for us to do. Don't let us forget what you're saying to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Provoke and Inspire, the official Come and Live podcast. To hear past podcasts, go to comeandlive.com. Got a question for the guys? Send it in to provokeandinspire at comeandlive.com.